Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness, discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, a five-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete, and I am recording in Pennsylvania next to Tyler who is my amazing co-host, and I will let her introduce herself now. I am Tyler Held. I am a semi-retired professional five-star groom and mental toughness coach, a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation. I am a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, opening my own gym next month, and yeah, finishing my doctorate in sports psychology. So it's really cool that I get to be here next to Emily, like that is awesome. It hasn't happened in quite some time, uh, for a podcast, at least we've seen each other since she's been back in the area, but it's been a whirlwind, Emily. We're like, what happened? What didn't happen, Tyler? <laughs> what didn't happen? Yeah. Like Aiken was great time. I came back from Aiken immediately, like hurt my knee, I had to go get surgery. I'm on the mend. We're still hoping to go to badminton. There's just a lot going on. It's been a whirlwind since I got home last Monday. It's hard to believe that that's like when it all started. <laughs> it's actually kind of ironic that today um, we're going to talk about like routines on this podcast because I just feel like not even just you coming back and like hurting your knee and everything like that. There's just like a lot in the past couple months that have shaken us off our routine. And, um, you know, I've, we've been happy to get out some really exciting guest episodes over the past couple months, but this has been like our first time to sit down and just do like a old school Tyler Emily podcast. Um, and then, you know, Emily's going to pack her bags and fly overseas here soon, but we're, uh, we're navigating everything. We are. And I'm happy to get in back into this routine with you, even if it's just... <laughs> this once before I leave, but we're going to figure out how to do it while I'm overseas. So uh, anyways, we would like to welcome you or welcome you back to the whole equestrian podcast. As we said in our intro, our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. And we do this by having conversations about being more well-rounded individuals via our pillars, which are mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. We release one main episode a month, which... We haven't been great about, but we're getting back on track. Uh, But we also do some guest episodes. Um, So if you haven't checked those out, especially our last one, um, which was really fun to do that dual podcast, I would suggest that. And yeah. Yeah. So like I said, this month, we're going to center our conversation around routines for readiness as like uh, you know, gosh, it's 80 degrees here in Pennsylvania today. And like it's shows are starting to happen up North now too. So I never really want to like make our, uh, Northern listeners sad talking about show season before it's really started for them. Like, obviously Emily's been down in Aiken. That's been great, but like we're sort of approaching the time where people are getting shows on their competition schedule, um, just in general. And, you know, we're going to go through routines through our pillars. So mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. But before we do that, we're going to go to our normal segments, which are goals and our word of the year, our word of the year. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's what we're doing. 
So my word of the year is value. Um, and that has really been put to the test, I think, this year. <laughs> like what I value and what I want to work towards. Um, you know, going to badminton has been just way more um, challenging to make this all happen than I could have ever imagined. But it's really making me like value getting there and, you know, sticking to it and doing what I need to do to achieve my goals. I don't know. Everyone loves a good, like, odds are against us story. <laughs> the too. odds have been against like, me, for Emily sure. like, boom, on the wait list. Oh, no, it's going to be okay. You're going to get off the wait list. Boom, meniscus torn <laughs> upside down underneath my kneecap. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it has been... I like it just life is throwing me some curveballs, but luckily I'm adaptable and uh, I value that adaptability. Emily, what were you doing when you blew your knee out? It's you know, and you're <laughs> it's the stupidest story. It's really dumb because it's not even it's not even a good story. Like I so I drove from Aiken to Pennsylvania on Monday and it was like really long trip. We had a ton of traffic. It was probably twelve hours, which is longer than usual. And my, I've always kind of had issues with my right knee, gets sore on long road trips. Anyways, Monday, did the drive. Tuesday, went to the barn. Literally, the first horse I was tacking up, I was grooming it. I went to bend down to, like, brush off its leg, and my knee went the wrong direction, and I could not move like my knee wouldn't like it was just stuck it wouldn't bend it wouldn't straighten it was just like stuck in that position and I it was one of the most painful things I think my collarbone breaking was maybe a little bit more painful but this was a close second you know what I didn't think my collarbone breaking was that bad oh mine was horrendously mine was bad yeah but it was like shattered I don't know yeah mine was just like snapped and I was just like man this hurts like I had I gotten diagnosed with celiac disease like a year before and the pain from celiac disease yeah was like astronomically worse than breaking my collarbone well there you go so but point of reference I guess yeah the knee not comfortable Tyler had she came to the rescue thank god um Sid and Kelsey were in the barn too they like helped me onto a tack trunk and then I called Tyler and I was like I don't know what to do like um so she came and had to wheel me out on a tack trunk well I tried to just pick her up because like Emily's not that heavy like especially not for me and I was like oh it's fine like I'll just carry you to the car she's like no Tyler like my knee cannot move right now so I just like literally have Emily on top of a tack trunk and I'm just wheeling the tack trunk to my car with little Emily oh, on it gosh. and then you know we got closer in these moments we did we had some some good good times but she was good at making me laugh and um which is the best medicine and then I got into the doctor was able to get an MRI like they luckily my doctor Dr. Lyons is like a horse person he gets it I told him I was going to badminton he's like we're gonna get you know make this happen so I got the MRI got the surgery like it was kind of like boom 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 and now I'm on the road to recovery hoping to ride Barry in a couple days. So long so. story short, your goals <laughs> yeah, wow. are still happening. They're still happening. Just through different you know what, you'll you'll get to where you wanna go, it just won't look the way you expected it to, right? Right. And what I keep telling myself is this makes for a better story. <laughs> 
This is going to make for a better story. Um, so that that's me. Tyler, what about you? What's um, going on? Well, my year for, my year for the word. <laughs> my year for the word. Uh, my word of the year is growth. And I feel like I've definitely um, had a lot of time and space to grow over the last couple months um, just in general. And yeah, it's just been really good. Uh, to have my own space like I'm really starting to build my practice up like I've got my clients I've got a really good relationship with my mentor in sport and performance psychology so just really starting to like work towards growing that part of my life and that aspect of my life and like I mentioned in the intro um, also in the process of opening a gym so I'm excited that's another opportunity for growth because I'm going to be running the kids program and like man kids grow at a rapid rate right and Heck to yeah. be able to like be there and influence them um, I just think that's super cool um, in terms of goals I do want to touch back on a goal that I had for last year because um it was one of my we did two plus one goals last year Mm -hmm. and one of my two goals that I was like oh like no problem like I ended up checking off my plus one my stretch goal but I didn't uh check off this one goal to compete in an IBJJF tournament which is basically like doing your first FEI but in the jiu-jitsu world um And just like the calendar didn't line up. I mean, I went overseas twice last year. I went on a vacation to Costa Rica. I went on a cruise. Like it just like there was not more time to travel and like kind of dedicate in the calendar for that. Uh, But I just got back um, this week from my first IBJJF and um, I did uh, like a it was like the Pan American Championship. So it was like a pretty big uh, event. There was 15 people in my bracket and I was able to win my first match there, which was super duper awesome. Um, but like, I think what was really cool for me was to go into that like high pressure situation and like use all of the work that I do with other people in sports psychology, like on myself. Um, and I, I was cutting weight for this. So like, I wasn't like really like eating and drinking a ton the morning of my fight and you weigh in like 30 minutes before. So like in theory, as soon as my name went on the board, if I weighed in, I was like, oh, okay, it's 30 minutes to fight because there's a queue of people. But I guess for whatever reason, like my opponent also weighed in right when like the time was and there wasn't another match ready. So I went in and it was like, I had two dried mango slices and a couple sips of coconut water. And they were like, you're next. I was like, oh, well, that did not go accordingly to plan. But like, what I do in my work is, you know, basically help people be prepared for things to not go accordingly to plan. And I was just like, I just got to focus and get in there and like do my thing. And, um, I ended up having like a good amount of time to like recover, rehydrate and eat before my second match. And the girl was just like simply way better than me. Like there was just no other way to describe it other than like she'd been doing jujitsu for much longer and had much more advanced techniques. And, um, I fought out the entire six minutes. I didn't get submitted. So, and I just walked out with a smile on my face because that's what you do. You know what? It's not curing cancer, right? (laughs) Like it's just jujitsu. So, um, that was really fun. And then, uh, in terms of goals for this year, it's the year of the 22, I think I'm like 14 books into my 22. So I think I'm going to, I think you're going to reach that. I think I'm going to reach that goal. No problem. um, And work with 22 new sports psychology clients. I might, I might almost be there. Um, That's exciting. Yeah. I've got a lot 
Because so. that's like really starting, your business is starting to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Business so and cool. just like hours for my school and like reflection and stuff like that. But it's, it's a good mix. So, um, yeah, doing that and goals, goals are cool and stuff. Goals are great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that takes us into our favorite part. Books, books, books. Nailed it. So much easier that to was do when so we're good. like staring yeah. at each other. <laughs> it's a little harder over the phone. Uh, okay. So I guess I will, I'll start this off. Yeah, get I, in there. <laughs> get I'm, in there. So I just started reading um, You Are Cosmic Code, and it's a book about numerology, which I had heard about, but like I didn't really know much about it, just that it's a very old thing and, you know, there's a lot of theory behind it, whatever. But it's a fun book because it breaks it down and then it also shows you how to, like, find your numbers um, in life and, like, how to interpret them and stuff. So I, I thought it was fun. It might be a little out there for some people, but it was interesting how when I found my numbers, like my life path number and my personal year cycle, which I won't bore you with all the details, but like it, it definitely tracked and was like fitting with how I see my life going currently. Emily keeps using this word. Like she did mine and she was like, we'll just see if it tracks. Like, does it track? And I'm like, yeah, it does. It tracks. Yeah. But we're on the same uh, yeah. life path. So, so. Um, it's a really interesting book. It's a small book, um, but it's kind of like you can work through it. I liked it because I'm kind of a number geek. I like doing things and like just in daily life, I'll see how like numbers work together. Anyways, it's kind of dorky, but so I you found dorky. That's uh, usually my. Gig. I know, but I'm I can be a little dorky. So I found that my life path is five, which means I'm the traveler, and it's a path of experience through liberation and inner freedom. I won't read this whole thing, um, but it like when I read the description, it really aligned with how I feel. And then, um, there's also like your personal year cycle. So you do another like equation to find out what year you're in of your, there's like a nine year cycle and I'm in personal year five, which is a year of change and new experiences that test your relationship to freedom. And it talks a lot about like travel and stuff and I'm like yep <laughs> yep that is what I'm doing this year there was also something about like um the need to be in control in there which uh oh, yeah. tell the listeners what you said when you woke up from anesthesia oh yeah so when I came out of <laughs> surgery and you know you say like weird stuff coming out of anesthesia apparently I was like I was all upset and I was like I hate not being in control and they're like what and I was like I don't like not being in control and they're like what's going on <laughs> like I think I didn't like being like out of it and not having control of the situation so your inner um I don't know fears insecurities problems OCD things I don't know come out as you wake up from anesthesia I guess so that was a fun fun little story but yeah so that's my book um if anyone's interested I would suggest it and it, if nothing else you know it's fun it's and I did Tyler's numerology and a couple other people's just for fun I'm not a I'm not an expert but <laughs> we're not sure if we're doing the master numbers right but <laughs> stay tuned 
<laughs> okay, so what are you reading, Tyler? Well, I'm actually looking, so like to be quite candid with the listeners, we made the outline for this episode like quite a bit ago um, and just, you know, life things came up. Uh, so the book that I have like written in this was called Group, How One Therapist and Circle of Strangers Changed My Life by Christy Tate. Um, and I mean, that was a really, really good book. I feel like I've read like, gosh, probably 20% of the books that I've read this year, I finished in like a day or like a day plus a morning because they've just been so good. Like I haven't been able to put them down. And like, that was definitely one of them. Um, and I'm just like, not even sure if that book was like, it was like a good or bad thing that I kept reading it because it was a bit like it's like a memoir and it's based on this like recovering bulimic like looking to find meaningful relationships and she goes in this like crazy group therapy experience that's just from someone who has like a mental health background like it's completely unethical like they literally don't believe in privacy and there's like group therapy and like the certain groups like share things about like people's details with different groups and like the relationship that she has with the therapist is just like absolutely unethical um just like no privacy it has a happy ending couldn't put it down um wow so yeah like it was just like a it was like a good read um but then more recently i actually just read while i was down in florida on my way um full out i forget it's Monica something. Uh, but if you haven't watched the, the documentary on Netflix called cheer, I have not, uh, that's I was down and out with the COVID in the first week of January. And I watched every single sports documentary on Netflix. And I was like, Oh, cheer. What's this? It's crazy. Like how athletic, like cheer as a sport is. Cause like there's like cheer competitions and like, mm-hmm. there's like this big tournament that they do in Daytona, like once a year. Um, and it's just this, uh, junior college, um, in like Navarro, Texas. It's like a two-year college. They have one of the best cheer teams and the documentary like follows them and the book is written by the head coach. And it's just like talking about her methodology for like creating like consistent success in the athletes and stuff Hmm. like that. And um, yeah, that is a documentary and a book that I would both recommend. Cool. Awesome. All right. Let's get into the main topic. So how can we use mindset to help create routine? Well, so like for me, this is the biggest pillar for this topic, right? Like having a pre-performance routine like that, the purpose of that is to cultivate the right mindset for competition, right? So when we talk about like a routine, it's something that's repeatable. It's something that we can do (sighs) sorry (laughs) allergies anyways Uh, continue (laughs) Um, you're not allergic to my cats right i don't know we'll see okay (laughs) she's so cute um anyways i'm just distracted by how actually that's perfect i'm going to talk about distractions right so there's a lot of things that influence our performance that like we may or may not have control over, right? Like internal distractions, excessive thinking, lack of trust, self-confidence, fatigue. In general, like those are things that are inside of our locus of control, something that we can um, like actually make 
steps to, okay, like what can I do to attack my excessive thinking? Like how can I make my anxiety calm down? Um, and a lot of the strategies that I implement into a pre-performance routine is to tackle those external distractions, like weather, large crowds, unfamiliar environments. Those are more outside of your locus of control, but there are still strategies for managing those. Like, what am I going to do if it's raining on cross country day or like, oh gosh, like the crowds right by the dressage arena, like those are really spooky. How can I cultivate some sort of performance routine that is going to take my attention away from the people outside and bring it back onto my own performance. And so in general, the goal of routines is to take, uh, help athletes take their focus away from distractions, regardless of what they may be and bring their focus into the present moment. And I know Emily, like we've talked about this so much, like peak performance lies in the present moment. Like when you've had your best rides on Barry, like what has, what's like the mental state that you've been in? Uh, just completely focused, you know, like there's nothing really else except what's happening underneath me. And it's taken a while to cultivate that. And I think for me, especially with Barry, like it's really started to come into play the further up the levels I got, you know, cause it was like, you know, at the four and five star level, I feel like I have to stay focused because of the challenge. And, you know, like you've talked about that, um, I don't know exactly what the term is, but you know, when the like challenge and the challenge threat states. Yeah. yeah. And so like, for I remember me, telling I'm, you about that, like the first year we were in Aiken together and you were about to go jump like a big show jumping course yeah. at like Bruce's field. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay. You've got this, like you've got the skills. Yeah. And it actually like when things get harder for me, it's easier for me to stay focused because I'm like. I know that I have to bring my A game versus when it's like a lower level, sometimes I can lose my focus because it's not as challenging. Right. And that's where we kind of talk about like different routines are going to be important for different people. Um, one rider might need to like calm down their nerves before stepping in the saddle. It's like, okay, like if you're really, really anxious and that's manifesting in like physiological ways, like your heart racing, your labored breathing, horses feel that kind of stuff. So like you can't be there, like you're too far. Um, and I think Emily, kind of what you're also talking about there is like your individualized zone of optimal That's functioning. That's exactly what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. <laughs> so like, let's say one is like, I'm about to fall asleep to like the piano playing and 10 is I'm at, in the mosh pit at a heavy metal band. Like, where do you fall on the spectrum? And then what sorts of things can you do before you ride to cultivate that sense of in the zone? Yeah. Like where on that scale, where on that scale do you need to be? And like, that's sort of, that's a huge awareness thing, right? Of, um, you know, at my first jujitsu tournament that was like bigger this year, like I was like, Oh my God, like I'm really anxious. Like my anxiety is way too tall, high and I needed to relax, but not too much because you can't really like be relaxed before you're about to go fight someone in front of a bunch of people. Right. Right. Like, and that was like a showcase, like people watching yada, yada, yada. Um, but like, let's talk about this for different circumstances, right? Like you need a different zone for dressage than you need for show jumping than you need for cross country. You maybe need a different performance level before you're about to ride in a lesson, ride at a home, ride at show. And so it's, it's, 
getting really curious about where you operate the best and then getting really intentional about how to get there. Mm-hmm. So then when we talk about how do we get intentional, that's where the conversation of self-talk comes in. That's where this conversation of imagery comes in. Cue words like symbolic cues, something that's specific and repeatable. And this is a routine. This isn't like a um, superstition, right? It's not like, I've got my lucky show socks on. It's going to be a right. great day. Because <laughs> like, yeah. what happens if you can't find your lucky show right, socks, right? right? Exactly, exactly. So it, it's uh, it's what can I say to myself? Uh, what breathing exercises do I need to do? Uh, can I see myself riding this and doing it well? Do I feel confident in my abilities? Um, and, and just sort of one of the best things that you can do to like get the most out of your pre-performance routine is to start to create a performance log. Like even just in your lessons of like, when do I ride the best? Like where mentally am I? And then you start to strategize of like, what can I do to get there? And that's where, you know, work with someone like me is helpful of like, okay, yes, that is all well and good. Like you think you ride better when you're calm, but let's look at all these times of examples where like, weird things happened and the pressure was on and you actually showed up to ride better that day. Yeah. So for me personally, things that help me at shows, um, we can touch on a couple of these things. So self-talk, I have a couple of mantras, if you will, that I try to, if I get nervous, I just go back to that. So, um, one of them is we can do hard things we thrive under pressure and we have a great partnership. Like those are kind of my go-to ones that I, um, it just centers me and like makes me remember what I have and all of that. And then imagery is something that I use a lot. Um, like when I'm walking the course, I will, uh, you know, I'll walk my exact lines, but then when I get to the backside of the fence, I'll like turn and kind of visualize myself coming to the jump, going over the jump, how I'm going to ride the line between the jump. And then like sometimes actually more often than not, and we can talk about this a little bit, but I will occasionally be like, okay, well, if something goes wrong, like if this happens, like how am I going to react? You know, I'll kind of go through that scenario. I never end on that, but like, you know, I might think about it and then go back to like visualizing it going perfectly. Um, But those that and then um also whenever I get nervous to a fence or like if I don't see something I just tell myself to sit up and close my leg you know and like Mm -hmm. that's kind of my go-to like when in doubt sit up close my leg like I just that's my uh I don't know if that would be a cue word or some sort of that's a cue um, word for body thing but touching into the body and like I would say to Um, if like imagery isn't something that resonates with you or like you don't feel like you have that skill down, um, having a video of yourself that like you felt really confident about. Cause one of the biggest things about effective imagery is like bringing in this aspect of kinesthetic feel. So if you can't create an image in your own mind that is like, okay, like I see it, I feel it, I believe it, then watch yourself do it and be like, yes, that, that worked. I did it. I did it. That's repeatable. I've done it once. Yeah, that's good. 
Okay, so how do we work fitness into our routines? So, I mean, I just think it's really important to talk about like the fact that you know, at a horse show, it's like you do your times usually. And it's like, okay, like X amount of warm up for my horse. And yeah, like I get it that you do warm yourself up in the process of warming your horse up. But I think especially, you know, if you hold tension somewhere in your body or, um, you know, like you're only riding one horse in a day, like, I think there's more that could be done in terms of making sure that we get ourselves some like good stretching in before we get in the saddle so that we are warmed up for our horse, right? Like it's like you warm up first and then you do the horse and that way you're there for your horse. Right. And I personally find it hard to do at a show, but I do make sure, and I, that's something I would like to work on, but, um, I do make sure that in the morning before I compete, like even if it's a way show and I'm at a hotel, like I make a point to give myself enough time to do some sort of yoga, um, and stretching doesn't have to be for very long, but again, just to like get myself moving, stretching, Usually there's like some tension in my body because I'm anticipating what's happening that day. So I try, like for me, it's more, it's not super intense. It's just kind of relaxing and getting my body to start moving. Um, But yeah, I did actually at the AECs this year, I did do yoga in my tax stall and it was nice. I think I should try to work that into my routine a bit more, but you have to be really purposeful about it. Like if you don't, set yourself up to make it happen like it's not going to happen you know yeah so for me like when I was riding I would say the the two areas of most tension that I get was like my ankles and mm-hmm. my shoulders and like immediately like okay what can I do in less than five minutes to get warmed up for that? Literally like sit and do like ankle rolls, like roll both directions. You can do neck rolls, roll both directions. Um, We do something in CrossFit called a dislocate um, and you grab like a PVC pipe, like with a wide grip Mm -hmm. and just like bring it over your head, like touch your back and like bring it back. And that like opens up the shoulder. So, and then you can kind of go around the world. So just like be swinging it over. Well, you can do that with a pitchfork or a broom, which is going to be handy, like at a horse show, like just do that like two or three times to get some of the tension tightness because like you have to activate like parts of your body or, um, where you hold tension is just going to stay tense as you go to warm up your horse. Yeah. And knowing where you hold tension, I think is important because it tends to be in the same place, not for everyone, but people tend to consistently hold tension in the same spot in their body. Like for me, it's my shoulders. Yeah. Um, and sometimes my neck. So like trying to do like chest openers and anything to help with that is good. And then that usually transfers to the rest of my body. So knowing where, where it is for you and then finding some stretches that would be helpful. And like thinking of it as like, you're not just doing that for you. Like you're also doing it for your horse. Yeah. Cause they can feel your tension. Right. 100%. All right. Nutrition. What a hot topic. Emily. Always a hot topic. Oh my God. Because like, gosh, I feel like any other sport, like almost any other sport you could Google, like, what should I eat the day yeah. that I run a marathon or what should I eat? Um, the day I'm playing a football game, right? Like there's like 
there's set rules and standards for nutrition and how it relates to sports performance. And like, there is so much scientific evidence that like what you eat influences how you perform. And for some reason that is just like non-existent in the horse world. Like people get so nervous that they don't eat or when they do eat, it's like, oh, I'm in a rush. I've got so many things going on. I'm going to pull into this McDonald's on the way to my horse show or, you know, oh yeah, that food truck at the horse show that just has greasy, crappy food. Not good. So again, nutrition is like never one size fits all, but I thought it would be helpful to kind of have Emily talk about like what she typically can stomach on a show day and like also the timing of it, right? Like if you're going to ride later in the day, if you're going to ride in the morning, like how are you making sure that you fuel up? So it's not like, you know, I feel like sometimes, especially at a one day show, right? Like it's like, oh, you might not be hungry or you might not want to upset your stomach before you show. And then all of a sudden it's like, you've done dressage, you had to walk a court, like how many miles is a cross country course? Like that's a, it's it's a long, that's an exertion. And then, and then you're not putting any fuel in your body running to go do show jumping. All of a sudden you're hungry and it's like, Oh crap, I got to go cross country. Like, yeah, you do burn a lot of calories on a horse show day too. Like think about everything that you do from tacking up to riding, to walking courses, to like burning energy through stress. Like you have to be replenishing those energy sources or you're taking away from your ability to focus and perform. For sure. Um, I am a big believer in a consistent breakfast. Like I almost always will have the same breakfast, whether I'm at a show, at home, traveling, like I'm pretty basic. I like my oatmeal. (laughs) I like it with like peanut butter, some flax seeds, like some nuts, like anything I can find. And then like a banana and fruit, like, and I know that that will fuel me for quite a while. Like it's pretty long lasting. So at a horse show that works well, you know, until lunch. And then you have to plan ahead. You know, you can't just show up to the show without bringing food or having a plan of like someone bringing you food or knowing what kind of food is available on the showgrounds because that's going to lead to bad things and I've definitely been guilty of that before where I hadn't planned ahead and then I just eat crap and then I'm like you know it can't be doing anything good for me but um so I would say if there's a breakfast that you know sits well that's the other part is like I know how my normal breakfast is going to sit with me. Right. So like, if I am nervous, like I still, you know, it all, it all works out and my body's used to it. So I'm not creating this big change where if I was at a horse show and I was like, okay, well there's nothing to eat, but this like greasy breakfast sandwich, like that wouldn't sit well. Right. So, um, and then just easy things at the horse show, easy and quick. Um, I always have like some sort of nut mix or like trail mix Mm -hmm. um also like I like to eat a lot of carbs at horse shows because like it's just quick energy right well yeah and it's cardio like you're pretty much doing cardio all day at the horse show um so like trying to find some like healthy whole grain type carbs or you know like fruits and vegetables are a lot of carbs I love dates also dates dipped in peanut butter 
perfection. I've never done that. Oh, it's before. so good. Uh, so I, good. Peanut butter hasn't been sitting well with me recently. Okay, well then maybe some other. Sort I, lo- of I love um, almond butter, sunflower seed Sun- butter. Is yeah, like probably my favorite nut butter. No, dates are great. But I will say, like Red Hills um, was the last horse show that I went to work at, right? And like I was able to, I was there the night before, so uh, there was like an Aldi walking distance from where I was staying. So I went to Aldi and I got like some simple things like dates like some cucumbers and you know stuff that I could throw in the cooler and just have and you know it was kind of like in the middle of me trying to cut weight and I was like oh my god like I shouldn't be eating all these carbs I was like eating dates all day but it was such good energy I like felt really good on it and I ended up like losing weight that weekend still because like you don't realize how much like you burn just walking around all day yeah um so, and you don't have to eat a lot. Like there's actually, you can get a lot of energy out of, you know, a handful of nuts or a date well, or two, you and know, that, like, and that's the other thing too. Like big meals take energy to digest. Mm-hmm. So being able to like, especially on a day like that, like to time your meals, like throughout the day of like, okay, like I just walked the cross country course. I'm going to replenish the energy that I just did there with a handful of dates or a banana or, yeah. you know, a banana with some nut butter slapped on top of it. And then there's still another hour before I ride. So I know that my stomach's not going to be upset or, yeah. you know, like just being very aware of like what you eat and when you eat it. And like the fact that you're burning energy. Right. And then, you know, also note that, um, staying hydrated is oh, super important. Yes. Like that's almost... I mean, it's important to eat, but to me, like almost staying hydrated. If you have to choose one thing, like stay hydrated. Did you see that like Gatorade just came out with like a, like a quote unquote, like healthy Gatorade. And it was kind of like, oh, by the way, like we've been poisoning you, poisoning you all this time with like this sugar. No. Yeah. Like it's, it's just kind of a joke, but like, yeah, they, they came out with a low sugar, like just electrolyte beverage and stuff like that because normal Gatorade is actually horrible for so you. So bad for you. It's a saddle sore for me. <laughs> Cause yeah. like, it's so good. Right. And like everyone has it. I'm like, Oh, Gatorade, like it's healthy, sporty, whatever. Like, unless you're running a marathon when you're like literally burning way, 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 way more calories than yeah. we ever would. You don't need that amount of sugar. It's a lot of sugar. And then, like, don't get fooled into the Gatorade Zero or whatever, because then it's just chock full of artificial sweeteners, which are worse for you. Yeah. Um, well, I'd be interested in learning more about this new Gatorade, yeah. like, to see what's actually in it, because I would love something with electrolytes that, like, also wasn't chocked full of sugar. I actually just, I'll have to show you a product that I'm using. It's, like, an optimal health electrolyte. Okay. Um, and it's, like, made from, like, a company that is basically supposed to, like, it makes supplements that's supposed to heal your gut. Um, okay. So it's, like, no chemicals. Like, I think the sweetener in it is, like, monk fruit, which is, like, which really is, natural. Yeah. Um, nice. And, like, it tastes good. So that's what I've yeah, been I'll doing. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Because okay. I'm I'm sure that the Gatorade Zero that they're advertising is like the new healthy thing probably has some chemicals in there. Probably. But we'll do some research we, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll get back to we'll, you. We'll uh, report out to the community. Yeah. And then just one last thing. Um, the better you can be about eating and hydrating during the day, most likely the better decisions you're going to make 
at dinner, you know, because a lot of times at horse shows, you're like, I'm starving. I haven't eaten all day. And so then you just like gorge yourself at night. Dude, that hits me hard, especially when you go to a Mexican restaurant. Oh my gosh. That is like a bad combination, like 12 hour, 12, 13, 14 hour day at the horse show. And then a Mexican restaurant. It's like endless chips and salsa. I'm going to be healthy. Yeah. No, like you can't (laughs) be at that point. Like decision fatigue literally is going to hit you so hard. Like you can have the best intentions. You can have have the best motivation but you know we've talked about this before it's environment that like actually facilitates what decision you're gonna make and so like here I was at Red Hills I'm like I'm so healthy like I'm doing this anti-inflammatory protocol diet no dairy no corn no this no that uh, a whole basket of chips and queso later I was like I had, I had a little bit of rash on my neck and I was like maybe maybe this rash is like related to eating most likely dairy. So. so the better you eat during the day hopefully the better you will then eat later at night but yep. you know <laughs> who knows who knows it's all about situation don't go to the Mexican maybe go get a, a salad something else <laughs> yeah know. All right, so our last but not least pillar, community. How can we use our community to help with our routines? So I realize that like Emily and I are like sort of in unique situations. Like Emily's a professional, I'm a groom. Like we're very much used to the like you have someone there to help you or like I'm there to help people, right? So um, not all of our listeners and not everybody in this world have the luxury of having a groom. And so that's where like community starts to become really important of like, who do you bring to the show with you that can help you? Even if it's a friend that's also showing and it works out like that the ride times are like, okay, look, like, you know, I do dressage like two hours after you. So if you tack up my horse for me so that I can go in the corner and like do my visualization, do my breathing exercises, get a little bit of stretching in, then I can do that for you. And we can kind of make this a team effort because um I think like planning ahead of time is something that like a lot of people that go to the shows by themselves like lack mm-hmm. it's like oh like it's just me and I oh my god I remember my first I didn't know anything when I started eventing and like my parents would drive me to the shows and I'd be like my hands shaking as I'm like putting studs in because I'm late and my dad's like what can I help you with and I'm like you can't help like I'm too stressed out and like my nerves would be just like going crazy like nobody wants to be rushing trying to get their horse ready to the standard of like hey I have to go out and jump these solid cross-country fences but I'm already nervous about what I'm doing like Gosh, if you can if you can have someone else tack up your horse for you, like do it. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend. Um, yeah, and also you can enlist your community or support crew to help you in other ways too, even if it's not like with your actual horse. Like maybe your parents are there and they can find a way to bring you something healthy to eat, you know? Or I don't know, give you some or motivational or you go talk. you go to the store and you bring a couple extra healthy snacks for, for your people for oh your i like friends. that yes so you can be like hello you look hungry right have exactly. a sugar snap pea <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah be the person that can help others as well good stuff i yeah. think that like pretty much covers it like i think really when we talk about routines it's um again getting curious, getting very self-aware, and then getting very intentional 
about creating the best circumstances for you. It requires reflection and it requires planning. Couldn't have said it better myself. But like, you know, like same thing. It's like, okay, I ate this breakfast and I didn't feel well. And then I ate this, like, what are you feeding yourself? Like pre-performance routines is like, what are you feeding yourself? But like, think of everything that you do as fuel towards your performance. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our routines. Um, so moving into our training tips of the month, uh, well, you do a well, I do tip. a training tip. I do a grooming tip, which it was really <laughs> right. actually hilarious. Last night I was on my mentorship call. It was like a group mentorship. Like we do like every two weeks, we have to meet with everyone that's in the program. And like, we talk about our feelings and stuff. And, um, I was saying how, you know, like in the equestrian world, I do this, I do that. And like my professor goes, well, it must be hard for you because like, you're just like so good at like being technical like to blur the lines between equestrian like coaching and like mindset coaching and I was like oh no 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 (laughs) oh no I brush the horses right I can post the trot (laughs) please make no mistakes there (laughs) difference difference anyways what's your um what's your training tip of the month uh I guess it's it's about your show warm up. Yeah. And from how, like a training. From a training aspect. point of view. Uh, horse show warm ups can be incredibly chaotic and stressful, especially when you're on a horse that doesn't really enjoy other horses, oh, which tell, is my tell, horse. Tell me a story there, Emily. <laughs> well, one time at Great Meadow a couple of years ago, I was in the four star with Barry and I was in the show jump warm up. We were not jumping, but a horse came like straight at me. Barry's not a fan. He (laughs) spun me off and I fell off in warm up like a couple horses before I had to go. So that was fun. As you do. Um, So you can't really plan for that. But I guess on the other hand, you could. You could always like think about what's (laughs) the worst case scenario and then, you know, figure out how you're going to handle it uh, if that happens. Um, And I would just say not getting super tied or emotional if your warm-up doesn't go according to plans like I have had many a times where my warm-up has like been awful and I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna do this you know for factors mostly relating to like the horses when it comes to Barry um but you know with other young horses it can be like time like I didn't feel like I had enough time or um whatever the case may be but just kind of understanding that you're most likely never going to have the ideal warm-up but the thing is to like stick to your training plan and not to get overly emotional if the warm-up isn't going how you want and trusting that like that warm-up isn't going to make or break your performance it's all the work you put in before that you know like at home and hopefully you can once you're out of warm-up produce something (laughs) better than your warm-up um, and that's been something that I've had to learn and uh, really work through based on my my horse's quirkiness. But yeah, hang in there, stay positive, stick to the training plan. And focus. And focus, yeah. Good stuff. 
All right, what's your grooming tip? Okay, so um, just relating into our topic as well, like how to like stay really organized at a horse show, like as a groom, or even like, you know, if it's just your own horse, like it's so tempting to like get to the show, throw the ramp down, pull your horse off, and like, okay, well, now all of a sudden, if your horse is acting up, like you've just got a misbehaving horse and all of your stuff still in the tack room so as much as it's like oh i feel bad my horse has been on the trailer like they will survive you get get out offer them water first like organize yourself first get everything ready like number on saddle pad everything set out so like you don't even have to walk away from where like you're gonna tack up the horse and like if it's a horse that's bad about bridling oh my god number one thing bridle that horse inside of the trailer yes ma'am and then put the halter on and then when you tie it to the trailer you never have to untie it again like we just don't want any loose horses at horse shows it's scary. I don't like chasing horses. I've lost a few myself, but like not because of a bridle. Like if it's a bad bridler, put that bridle on in the trailer. I don't even get brush its face in the trailer. Whatever you do, do not put yourself in a situation where you're just gonna have a loose horse outside. And like And if you have a box stall, use it. Use the box stall. Like I just I don't know. People make things like way too hard for themselves. I'm like, why are you pulling this rank horse out? Your saddle's not even out, your number's not on your saddle pad. I'm like, grooming box right here. I've got my hoof polish out, I've got my mints in my pocket, because we always give our horses mints before they go in the show. And like just like have everything in its place you and like even just from an efficiency standpoint like then you don't have to walk back to your tack room like 17 million times and like risk spooking your horse like bringing a saddle out while it's tied to the trailer um and like the same goes for a show that you move into right like take everything out have it ready like don't even start until like everything's in place because you're gonna have to get it all anyways and you're just gonna save time by being organized fantastic tip I, just, I yeah I, I get and like that. I'm not even that organized of a person like I don't grooming like I don't even know I was a good groom I am a good groom but like I'm not like a really like clean person by nature but it's something that I was like wow like this is so simple like you just have to be organized yeah yep and it's something you know, it takes some mistakes to learn the importance of it. You know, it's just like simple things that you don't think about, right? Yeah. Like, okay, if you've got like seven horses at the show and you've got all these standing wraps, wow, it looks a hell of a lot better to like make sure the same shade of blue is on one horse <laughs> than like one different shade of blue on each of the four legs. Like, it's just like, you don't even think about that. And like, does it matter? No. Does it matter? Yes. Like, it does. And there's the OCD coming out. Yeah. Uh, I do have OCD. But, like, in, in weird ways. In it, weird ways. It manifests in really strange ways. Yeah. You gotta own it. All right. Well, that that's some good stuff. Um, What's next, Emily? You know, Hard to say, Tyler. It is. I'm going overseas. You are going overseas. Like, put that out back out into the atmosphere. With I'm, the... I'm going overseas, committing full send. <laughs> I've already, like, got my stuff lined up over there. So it's it's happening. Um, if anybody would like to support my um, adventures with Barry at Badminton and Burley, I do have a GoFundMe page, um, self selfish little plug there but Wait, don't you have an auction going on as well oh i'm going to 
have an auction going on this week. It'll probably, when this episode comes out... I'll put it out yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to have an auction with some really cool items. Um, so if you need any of these items, all the proceeds will go towards my trip. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a fun way. Like, Hopefully people get some good things and also help me make this adventure possible so that's what's going on for me um you know the whole equestrian we're going to keep going even while i'm overseas we just have to figure out timing and recording but we always find a way i think it might work better right like the timing isn't it will be like evening for you while it's like midday for yeah. me which is like i always have time yeah in so midday. actually you that always have, so it might work out great perfect <laughs> Awesome. Anything else you can think of or? No, I think like that's pretty much it. Like obviously, unfortunately with Emily going overseas, there's nothing in the whole equestrian clinic realm in the foreseeable future. Um, if anyone is interested in like group mindset based activities, so unmounted, like I am more than available for that. Um, and like the group experiences, something that I'm collecting for my doctoral program. So, um, yeah, just reach out, uh, to me, you can find me on Instagram or, you know, the whole equestrian Instagram. Um, that way we can kind of fill some of the gaps from, uh, from not having whole equestrian clinics. I can do the mindset side of it. Yeah. Which is great. Tyler is fantastic at what she does. So, and everybody that's worked with her, has uh, had nothing but rave reviews. So I think it's hilarious because, like, in sports psychology, like, there's all this stuff about like confidentiality and like making sure you keep your clients like, you know, private. And y'all just like post me on Facebook. Everyone's like, check out Tyler Held. I worked with her, and I'm like, that's so nice. Yeah. And if they they want to share their story, that's up to them, yeah, right? Exactly. Like you, you're confidential on your end. So. Yep. Um, awesome. And then, you know, just putting it out there, we could be up for a whole equestrian clinic in the fall, you know, something we could plan towards. Yeah. So September, October. But anyway, uh, I think that does it for this episode. And we hope that this gave you just some ideas on how to create better routines for yourself and uh, set you up for success. As always, we love to hear feedback from you guys. I think um, for those of you that listen on Spotify, Spotify recently um, released a feature where you can leave a review on Spotify. So um, that would be helpful if you want to give us a review give us a rating check us out subscribe and uh always connect with us on social media we love hearing personal stories of how the show's helped you or um also ways that you think that we can improve yeah that's that's what we got uh that's what we got all right well thank you so much for listening we're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness and in the meantime enjoy the ride